Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, Gluttonyers. Welcome to the High Gluttony Homestead, all you lucky gluttonyers out there. (laughs) We haven't met in a while. This is super exciting and overwhelming to us. We everything that could be a challenge has already happened. We're baking today. I don't have any measuring cups. We are making redemption rolls because we were really, really bitter about our pistachio rolls the last time we made any sort of yeasty pastry situation. A rolly so, pastry yeasty situation. Rolly pasty yeasty. Yeah. Rolly pasty yeasty situation. Like the three most unappealing descriptors. <laughs> Especially when it comes to vaginas. But um right. I didn't or I, I think like stomach. Too. Stomachs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are we are in rare form. Yeah, it has been a minute. I had family come visit and then you bought and moved houses and like in a very abbreviated time frame and like a month. Yeah. That's why I don't have any measuring cups. I don't, I thought they were in a box. They weren't. No idea where they are. Actually, I do. They're at the other house. Gotta figure that out. They're on the other side of town. (laughs) They're not here in any capacity. But you also have an update to share. I I think we've maybe mentioned that there's a new inhabitant of uh, the land of fur and bunnies, or implied anyway, that we had acquired a new rabbit. And we finally know it's a boy. Well, I knew I've known that for what, probably three or four weeks, <laughs> about three weeks that I've known he's a boy. Have not figured out what his name was until this week when I was discussing it with Becca and we came up with the perfect name. So we are officially announcing there's Lucerius Black Raspberry is his name. He is a black rabbit. We're going to call him Luce or Lucy for short. And he has, he's a, he's a funny, funny little nugget. And he has been pretending like he couldn't get inside from the outside. And I had left a door open for him in my bedroom to go around and run around on the patio. But I thought maybe he'd just been left out from before and had opened the door to let him in. And just a minute ago, I look outside and he's standing outside again. So he clearly knows where the other door is. And I do not need to worry that he hasn't figured that shit out. (laughs) Pinky. He's just like, no, this other door needs to be open when I'm over here. So I'm open this circles yeah. <laughs> they love circles bunnies love circles and a reminder all of Gretchen's rabbits are named after Game of Thrones characters because they bunnies die yeah. <laughs> bunnies die bunnies die a lot but bunnies are a pet that you have to really acquaint yourself with heartbreak and realize that they don't live that long so this this name actually comes from the the history book from Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones series, or a, a Song of Ice and Fire. This is from the World of Ice and Fire, and it's some 
some old king, queen, somebody's son that she named Luceris. And my sister-in-law had suggested Sirius Black as a name. And I was really kind of enjoying that as a name too. And um, Miss Niece Amelia wanted Raspberry to be part of his name. So in my discussions with Becca, we discovered that you could smash Sirius and Luce together and make it Lucerius. And I like throwing the black in there because he is black. And then raspberry. So he is a black, you know, there's food in it too. So we've got the whole set of things that I want in an animal name. Thank you for listening to my five minute explanation (laughs) of my new pet rabbit's name. You're welcome. And then we also figured out much later that it rhymes with moose. So we've got loose and moose on the loose. It's amazing. It's going to be our children's book. Loose and moose on the loose. (laughs) So welcome loose. And let's get back to our cinnamon rolls. We decided, fuck that precious pistachio. We're doing cinnamon and butter and cream cheese because that felt much better and really, really delicious. The standard. Yeah. Standard. Exactly. So these are our redemption rolls. And we are also sipping on some mimosas today. So mimosas and cinnamon rolls. Nice little breakfast Breakfast. adventure. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're also having, we're having breakfast flour today too. Exactly. Tell us a little bit about what we're both enjoying. We have the same thing today. Weird. Super weird. But we do. <laughs> we were contacted by a friend of our our good friend, Mary, and she is growing this amazing hemp flower. And we are smoking the Frida today, which is a more, I guess, sativa-y leaning hemp flower. But really enjoying this. I am really getting on the CBD bandwagon. Either the quality is getting better in the last couple of years as people are taking it more seriously and focusing on it because of the good qualities it has, or I just was too rash in my judgment before of being like, CBD doesn't work. It does not work. Well, good for you for recognizing that you are able to change. You can change your opinions and you can keep trying and if I put all of the cannabis, put all of the hemp in front of me and I will try all of it and <laughs> be happy to change my mind. But yeah, so Safi at Bites High Elevation Hemp, we just want to say thank you to you. Thank you for reaching out to us. We're both enjoying this so much. And so I'm going to tell a little bit about what we've learned from having exposure to this product and then tell you a little bit about um sites high. Like Gretchen said, this is just hemp. This is a CBD flower. Ours is 14.83% CBD and just 0.03 THC, which is like Gretchen said, this is our breakfast flower this morning. (laughs) It is good because it keeps me on point. I can feel a little high because I'm being the longer smoking, which this always kind of chaps me a little bit because I'm like, <laughs> Becca is got such a better tolerance for weed than I do. It's so annoying. You mean but, I've just worn down my endocannabinoid receptors <laughs> more than you? <laughs> but I've been smoking so much longer than you have. So I think it's just point. wrong. <laughs> I think it's just wrong that I'm like, I smoke a, something that has 0.03% THC and I'm like, I'm a little high, you know? 
my CBD receptors must just be really good. It just chaps me a little bit. (laughs) I mean, it's a good thing because I'm like, I can grow hemp flower that has like zero, almost zero THC, smoke the fuck out of it and be great. So I, I'm, I'm going to buy some stuff online to grow some hemp this year. I'm pretty excited. So Saitai is a Bay Area women and Asian owned startup. I'm just reading this right from their website, which is Saitai.com. And the mission is to provide quality hemp derived CBD products as an alternative to conventional wellness practices for those who dive into healing, tap into one's higher self and keep the planet in mind, which I loved because that's such a holistic approach to like what we're excited about by cannabis and hemp and just that connection to earth and everything. I know it's so exciting. I'm very excited about their brand. I am definitely going to be ordering their lip product. According to the reviews on their website, that shit is the shit. So okay, got to okay. get some some lip balm and some other rub and they have an indica leaning flower. So I want to try that. It's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Saitai. I know you're not done talking about it, but it's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. I just didn't oh, know please. If we to talk oh, please. about hemp. You, do you yes, want to hear more please. about hemp? Okay. I do want to hear more about hemp. I, I was just thinking though, it's so funny because they feel like I'm always doing all the research and I'm so glad that you like did a bunch of research because I was like, oh no, like I didn't like really look into this. I was going to smoke this. I didn't look into it. So I'm so glad you're coming with some info today for me. Yes, please tell me about hemp. I'm excited. <laughs> I want to know more. Okay. So this is a repost by Saitai's Instagram page from Hemp Mag. So hemp has been proven to absorb more CO2 per hectare than any forest or commercial crop, which makes it the ideal carbon sink to help fight climate change because it takes CO2 from the atmosphere and puts it back into the soil. Amazing. Hemp has deep root systems, which protect it from soil erosion and can also replenish depleted soils and improve soil health. It increases the soil's ability to sequester carbon and will grow more nutrient-dense produce. So cool, like that it's it's such a good thing for pulling carbon out of the atmosphere. Hi Gluttony, Homestead. We're growing the hemp. hemp. We're gonna have hemp. It can be grown with minimal water, which is super important in Las Vegas and California where Gretchen and I both live. So. Thank you. Minimal water usage. And it can be grown without pesticides. And the fabric that can be made can really make a huge difference in the fashion industry. And we can get away from some of these like fast fashion products and focus more on more sustainable sources like hemp. And lastly, the entire plant can be used. The buds make CBD, the leaves are edible, and the stems can be made into insulation material. And there's such a thing as hempcrete, which is like super strong, super durable version of concrete. And I think we even mentioned that like a way long time ago on this podcast. It's so great to have this. Thank you so much, Safi, for bringing hemp back in our brains or putting it there in a new way in the first place, because we're super jazzed about this. Super super chest in like a really unreasonable way. I get very excited about it. Yeah. And honestly, we didn't expect to talk about any of this today. We just, we had been sent this product a while ago and then our recording schedule changed and we were finally like, we need to talk about this and new obsession. 
Yay. <laughs> Another Obsessed. thing to obsess about. Perfect. I've really been thinking about growing some hemp myself just so that I could have some filler flour and spread my supply out a little bit, I guess, would be part of it. But if I can get that high CBD as well and enjoy those CBD benefits, that's even better. All the better. So awesome. So thank you, Sites High. So that's S-I-G-H-T-S-H-I-G-H. Is that right? <laughs> yes. It's like, did I get the H and the G switch? I think that's right. I mean, to be honest, you got all the letters in there, but I was not super paying attention to the order as you were going. So I, yeah, sites high, they'll figure it out. Spell high correctly, even (laughs) if I did not. Please spell high correctly. And siteshigh.com to check out their products and... Yeah. They, thank you, Safi. We, mm-hmm. This is so, um, I'm so excited. So excited. So excited. We are going to be enjoying that today while we make our redemption rolls. We're going to be sipping on our mimosas. Initially, we were going to talk about cinnamon during this cocktail hour. We've ended up talking a lot about hemp more than we expected. And turns out we've already talked about cinnamon. So... <laughs> This is the problem when you record high. You don't remember what you talked about. So instead of talking about cinnamon, we're just going to talk about cinnamon rolls. I listened to the Savor podcast, Cinnamon. I think they called it Cinnamon Snails or something. It's kind of a funny name, but all of this info is going to come from that podcast. And so check it out. We are big fans of Savor around here. So these are our cinnamon roll kugels. Cinnabon's busiest time of year is Thanksgiving. And in that time, they produce and sell 8,300 rolls an hour. Fucking fuck. Right? Fuck. Right? Some recipes call for extra starch from a potato. Hmm. And so they said that you either put mashed potatoes in the dough or can use water from boiled potatoes. And so I guess there was an Iowa State Fair competition winning recipe that used mashed potatoes a couple years ago, which I guess I get, but kind of curious. You can bake the toppings on the bottom like an upside down cake, which I had not considered. And that sounds really good. It was noted on the Saver podcast. They said that these are very dense. They don't have a lot of protein. They have a lot of sugar and they have a lot of calories. So they said to watch your portion size. And I don't appreciate that because I want the biggest, but butteriest, sugariest cinnamon roll I can imagine. I want to be like sick from it. So (laughs) I don't want to watch my portion size. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. And in a shocking turn of events, cinnamon rolls actually have their root in the Parker House roll. Thank you, Fanny Farmer. Very overlapping. That's overlapping a little bit, but yes, part of, thank you, Fanny Farmer. And I guess the impetus for that is that the, those rolls take so long to rise. And so they'd often be a dinner roll because they could rise. You'd wake up early and let them rise throughout the day and then throw them in the oven for dinner service. So most of the time these things are made at restaurants, but some people started thinking, why don't we rise them overnight and then put them in the oven in the morning and they can be like a breakfast roll. And so eventually that's where this idea of having these breakfast rolls came from in restaurants. And they really weren't made at home until the 1950s. 
And then it was 1956 that Pillsbury released that like canned refrigerated pop thing. Which is not a cinnamon roll, really. It's a (laughs) cinnamon biscuit more than anything else. That's exactly what she said on the on Safer. She was like, those are biscuits and they are not real cinnamon rolls. And it was quite contentious for a minute with what is the truth of a cinnamon roll. (laughs) I don't know if I've even listened to that episode of theirs. You should. It was fun. Cinnamon rolls are pretty common in a lot of places around the world. And Finland has probably the biggest ones that are eight inches in diameter. And I put a big yes to that note <laughs> I thought it was really interesting because when you started listing all these different like cinnamon bun relatives that exist and I was like Duh. like these are all kind of in the same boat like they're all related it's mm-hmm. variations on the same idea so I was like I don't know why I hadn't really thought about that before the cinnamon roll is the spaghetti of the pastry world there's some noodle version everywhere there's some breakfast roll version everywhere and then sweden uses cardamom in the dough pretty commonly which i thought you might appreciate (gasps) oh would you mind if i did that i really want to do that (laughs) go for it yeah i love that (laughs) how much i gotta figure out how much i need i mean i have to figure that out i have a lot so it's not like i'm gonna run out I'm going to guess a couple teaspoons, but I don't At really least. know. Yeah, because yeah. I would love that cinnamon cardamom dynamic. Sweden loves cinnamon buns so much. They have a cinnamon bun day. That is why you see cinnamon rolls at Ikea. Oh, so not just known for their meatballs. Also no, <laughs> cinnamon rolls, cinnamon buns. Yeah. But the U.S. also has a national sticky bun day and that's February 21st. So we missed it this year, but next year, maybe we'll be on that. We will be. Yes, I'm sure we will. No, I, well, we won't really need to do cinnamon buns again, but no, well, we'll see. Maybe we will. <laughs> redemption, redemption cinnamon. No, we're going to be great. To, it's going to go smooth today. No, it's going to be amazing today. Some places call cinnamon rolls cinnamon snails. The I don't, north I don't like that. <laughs> I don't either. I don't want to think about eating a snail like that. In the north part of the U.S., they use a coffee glaze pretty commonly. In the south, it's a honey bun. So just lots of honey, I guess. Lots of sugar. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Philly style one that has raisins and nuts in the filling pretty commonly. And apparently there's a very common tradition in several of the Midwest states that serve a cinnamon roll with chili. I would love to know which states because I feel like that's a very broad brush to paint with because that is definitely not a thing that was in Michigan. Nebraska, I know they mentioned, I'm going to guess a couple around Nebraska. Mm. So that's interesting. Uh, I would be interested to find out about that. And then the last (laughs) thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that monkey bread used to be called bubble bread. And I kind of like bubble bread. I like bubble bread way better than monkey bread. Yeah. So I'm going to use that. I think so. And thus completes my savor referenced cinnamon roll kugels. (laughs) Yay. Yay. So should we go over uh, the ingredients just before we step into the kitchen? Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about ingredients and then what we've done already. And then if you could give me our high level steps then I will be ready to go. So this recipe comes from Ambitious Kitchen. 
and it's the best cinnamon rolls you'll ever eat. We hope so. For the dough, we're using three-fourths cup warm milk. That's whole milk or 2%. And this is supposed to be heated to 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Two and one quarter teaspoons quick rise or active yeast. And that's just the full one quarter ounce package that comes pretty commonly. One quarter cup granulated sugar. Of course, Gretchen's using her granumel, her granulated caramel. Thanks for using its proper name. You're, yeah, I know. It, yeah, oh, I'm not going to go into granule. Okay. <laughs> one, one egg plus one egg yolk at room temperature. That seems very important according to her website or this website. One fourth cup butter melted, preferably salted, but unsalted works too. I only had unsalted today. So I maybe mean, we are good. adding salt. So I maybe would just recommend kind of giving the dough a little taste to make sure you think it's well, it's salted enough because if she's adding salted butter, she's starting at a certain level of saltiness. So I maybe, because uh, you're already kind of under where she would be with her salted butter, maybe start at a full teaspoon of salt and see where, where that goes for you. Okay. And then three cups of bread flour plus more for dusting. And late addition to the ingredient list here, two tables. Is that tablespoons or teaspoons? Teaspoons. Two teaspoons of cardamom. Thank you, Sweden. And then three, four teaspoons of salt, but I'll probably have to use a little bit more than that, like Gretchen said. And then for the filling, we need two thirds cup of brown sugar. She suggests dark brown sugar, but says light brown also works. One and a half tablespoons of ground cinnamon and one quarter cup of butter salted. Uh, softened (laughs) (laughs) but we probably can assume it's also salted butter so salted and softened salted and softened (laughs) and then lastly for our cream cheese frosting we'll need four ounces of cream cheese softened three tablespoons of butter softened and or salted three cups of powdered sugar and one half teaspoon vanilla extract what special equipment will we need Gretchen Well, we're using a stand mixer, which is not required, but we both have one and I'm feeling exceptionally lazy today. So we're making the dough in the stand mixer. Rolling pin, very helpful. But if you are sans rolling pin, a wine bottle will work or any round, reasonably heavy bottle. A serrated knife or dental floss. I'm going to try the floss trick again. Then we need a nine by nine inch square pan or a nine inch circular pan for baking in. And we are both using a nine inch circular spring form pan because we can. (laughs) I was going to say, coincidentally, I think the comments said to use a spring form pan for this recipe too. Is that right? I can't remember. (laughs) I'm sure other people have used spring forms. We've got our ingredients. We've got our KitchenAid out. What else have we prepped? Oh, actually, what steps are we doing today? <laughs> my, are very, we doing? my very basic high-level steps are make dough, proof dough, roll out dough and fill with butter and cinnamon sugar, proof again, and bake. Ta-da. Easy peasy. What world level is this going to be for us? I think it's a world level too. We will do our later assessment on what we think it truly ended up being. But it's not very hard. If you've got a feel for making bread dough, it should be pretty easy. There's no tricky ingredients. Maybe you just have regular flour, which is fine. You can use it. It will work. 
So I just say world level two. I can handle that. I think, I hope, I'm pretty sure. Better not betray us this time. Little fuckers. I know. So what have we already prepped before we get going in the kitchen? All right. So we have measured all of our ingredients out. We have also mixed together our brown sugar and our ground cinnamon for the filling, or at least I have. I I haven't done that yet. Okay. (laughs) Because yeah, you realized that we didn't need the filling right away. And I just had gotten carried away with measuring shit out. So (laughs) mine is already mixed together, but we have everything measured out. But that's really all we've got done so far. This is pretty much on the spot. Most of the work is in the, the episode kind of situation we've got going today. Okay. So what's our first full action going to be when we get in the kitchen? What's our first step? We are warming our milk to 110 degrees. We're going to use the microwave because that's the easiest way to do it. Quick, easy, fun, free. Yay. She's recommending 40 to 45 seconds. We're going to start at 30 and see how it goes. Cause I feel like 30 is probably where we want to be at, but I'm not sure. Then we are going to put that into the mixer, uh, We are going to transfer that into the bowl of our mixer and sprinkle the yeast over the top just to start to moisten that yeast and let it bloom a little bit. Then we are adding our sugar, egg, egg yolk, and melted butter to that. We'll give that a stir until it's completely combined. And then we are going to stir in the flour. So we're not using our mixer to stir the flour. They're recommending kind of getting that dough going a little bit with a different utensil first. And I'm thinking this is a good idea. So we will follow this instruction and then we'll transfer onto the dough hook once we have a rough dough already started. Then we are going to need that for eight minutes in the stand mixer. So we'll do a little magic time travel with that where you don't have to necessarily hang out with us for eight minutes listening to the mixer. At that point, if you notice that your dough is sticking to the bottom of the bowl, we're going to add a little additional flour, depending on your humidity. If you do not have an electric mixer, you can knead this by hand for eight to 10 minutes on a well-floured surface. So it's it, you're able to do it without equipment. So in the apocalypse, when there's no electricity, we will still be able to have cinnamon rolls. But it takes a lot longer and uh, it's a good arm workout. So don't don't hate on it necessarily. But I'm lazy today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we don't want to do it. <laughs> we don't want to do it. So that's that's our first couple of steps. Let's uh, head into the kitchen. Okay, let's do this. And I'm actually going to put the, the, um, the butter in with the milk so I can Sorry. melt it because my butter is not melted. So we're going to heat our milk and our butter in the microwave right now. Right now. So I'm starting second. 30 seconds. So my milk is pretty warm, but my butter is barely melted. Yeah, mine is barely melted too. So I'm going to stir my milk. I'm taking my milk out. I'm leaving my butter in. I'm going to put a lid on it because that shit explodes all the time. Oh, good idea. I'm probably just going to sit here and get it out in about 10 seconds. I don't think it needs to be real thoroughly melted, melted. It just needs to be mostly melted okay nice okay yeah that i had so i just ran it for an additional 14 seconds and it is melted melted mine has a little chunkiness yeah that's fine all right it'll it'll be worked in like brioche you use just softened butter so okay as long as it it's in a stage where you think it can incorporate easily you're fine okay all right i'm sprinkling my yeast over here Okay, so you poured your milk into the bottom of your bowl. Yep. And, and please note again that we are using active dry yeast. She does recommend <laughs> quick fries. 
I was unable to find any quick rise and Becca's using the same thing as me just so that we're doing kind of the same thing. <laughs> so. Yeah. And if we get it wrong, at least we both got it wrong. <laughs> but we're getting it right this time. These are redemption rules. Right. Because part of the problem was we didn't know what yeast we were supposed to be. We were not paying attention to the yeast. And so we just need to also remember that since we are using active dry, we, it'll take a little bit longer in the proofing. We're not breaking the recipe. We just need mm-hmm. more time. The proof is in the yeast. Indeed. <laughs> do we leave, do we touch it? Do we just let, sprinkle it on top and let it, what did you well, call it? Bloom? Proof? Bloom. What bloom. did I say? Yeah, bloom. Uh, yeah. That's actually for, for gelatin. Oh, but while you, you have to bloom gelatin, it's a similar thing. It's just a hydration process, but okay. she then said to just throw everything out, all the other liquid products in there. So, and mix it. Okay. Now and the sugar. sugar. Yep. Okay. We got the sugar going in there. That's going to help feed our yeast. Okay. And we got our eggs for richness. And that was and one whole egg and one yolk. Yep. And okay. your melted butter. I would recommend not getting your butter super hot because you want it to be a little bit cooler. You don't want it to cook your eggs? Don't want it to cook your eggs. And you also don't want it to mess with your yeast because if the butter's too hot, it could really fuck up your yeast. Oh, that makes sense. I've actually put my salt in with my flour together, the two things together, and I'm going to stir my salt in just so that it's diluted a little bit. And then that also is not going to necessarily knock back our yeast, but I'm going to go, go ahead and go in here. She didn't leave much time for the yeast to bloom. She was just like, just throw everything. Oh, I'm supposed to mix the wet ingredients. Sorry, not flour, mix the wet ingredients first. Looks gross with my chunky butter. It'll be fine. It might look gross, but it'll taste fine. Oh, I have a little moose visitor coming to check Uh out what these smells are. Yeah. Oh, I got to get my cardamom in here. All right. So I'm going to add my flour and my cardamom. So let me get my cardamom out and get my two teaspoons of cardamom. And the flour just kind of goes all in. Yep. And then we're going to mix that by hand as well. So I've mixed my stuff together. I've got a rough battery dough kind of thing going on here. I have a feeling I might end up with more flour going in. Uh, It's sticky or seemingly sticky. Yeah. But we'll see once it uh, it's whipped around a bit. I'm going to put my dough hook on. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Do you have a timer? Should I set a timer? I can start my timer right now. Ready? And what speed? Medium? Yep. Medium okay. speed. All right. Let's do this. Okay. Right. So status check. It's been eight minutes in the mixer. Gretchen had to add several tablespoons to her, several several tablespoons of flour to mm-hmm. her dough. It's very sticky. It looks like it's still a little bit sticky. She's it is a little sticky. Yeah. Whereas mine, like immediately formed, didn't have to add anything to it. But there's also, it's only 13% humidity here in Las Vegas. And your humidity was 30? 40. 40. What are we doing now and what's next? So we are putting this into a greased bowl and we're going to let it proof for an hour to an hour and a half. And we're probably going to end up on that more hour and a half side because we have the wrong yeast. So. <laughs> and cover this? Yes. Cover with plastic wrap and a warm towel. 
I think I'm just gonna put a lid on it. <laughs> can I? Put, okay, I was like, can I just put my? It's in my Dutch oven. Can I just put that lid on it? <laughs> yeah, all right. I think so. All right, Gretchen says yes. I'm doing it. And then you said that. Okay, so hour to an hour and a half, probably more like an hour and a half for us. Yeah, just because we're using the active dry yeast, not the instant quick rise or whatever she had on there. So we'll see our gluttoners in the future. In the future, time right. travel. Time. <laughs> We meet again in the future. And we are about to roll out our beautifully doubled dough, or at least mine's beautifully doubled. How's yours looking back? <laughs> Ed, it's big. Okay, good. It feels nice and poofy. There's lots of butter I, on the bottom. I already feel like we've had a lot more success with this than the other. Our first rise, at least, has looked much nicer. And we have, I have a sill pat. You have a roll pat with flour. Dusted on yes, top. I just dusted a little bit of flour on top. It's lovely and warm. So mm-hmm. nice to get my shape started. You're just kind of pulling it into a rectangle. Yeah. And I didn't find my rolling pin before we started today. Whoops. I also don't have a rolling pin, so I'm using a water bottle. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're rolling. We're rolling. It's that in the drawer with the... Uh, Uh With the measuring cups. Measuring cups. Just basically all the things I needed today. It's just been a real adventure to get to this point. I think that's roughly a nine by 14 triangle. Supposed to be a triangle? Sorry. Oh. No. (laughs) Um, No, it is supposed to be a rectangle. My apologies for the fact that my brain does not want to say the right words. So it's supposed to be nine inches by 14 inches. That's close enough, I think. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, so now like, butter. Oh, sorry. Yes. I like I like the water bottle technique. Really <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yes. Now butter. And we're going to leave a quarter of an inch at one end that has not okay. got any butter on it. Okay. I'm just spreading it on. You know what I should be using is my palette knife. Oh, my, or my offset spatula. That's what I meant. Palette knife is something else. I'm just using my hands. Oh, well, that is a methodology I can respect. So go for it. <laughs> okay. Gretchen approved. Move, keep moving. It's too hard to get my wrist into the going for okay. my cinnamon and sugar. Okay. And I did, I did a mix of light brown and dark brown. <laughs> Fun. Cause I had both. And does that just go over the butter part or am I supposed to avoid that part part that has no butter? I don't, I don't think it matters for that part. Okay. It won't stick as well where there isn't butter. I see. Because we're going to, the next step is to kind of rub it in. We're like massaging the butter mm. into the cinnamon sugar part. Okay. Massage the dough. So now we roll it. Yep. Towards the part with no butter. Right. And then kind of just take that edge that doesn't have the butter on it. You're going to set it on that, ed- like, so that it's sitting on top of that. Uh-huh. Because that, just using its own weight, it'll help seal it. Okay. All rolled up. And now we cut it and put it into the pin. Tin. Pin. Tin okay. pin. The tin pin. And she said yeah. nine? Yeah, she said nine. Oh, that looks beautiful. Oh, I love this floss trick. I feel like this is going to be more than nine. I made 10. Oh, mine are not going to be very even. <laughs> <laughs> I have one that's really much bigger than the others and some in the middle are like significantly thicker but that's fine so I cut the ends off I've got Uh one that's in the pan right now that is absolutely enormous (laughs) 
I think mine are ending up like at least an inch and a half wide. I put this big guy in the middle. When a square pan is much easier because you get like the nice like three and three and three in a row. Mm -hmm. No guesswork about how they'll end up. Right. So what did I end up with here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, wait. One, two, eight, I think. Yep. Ten. I ended up with ten as well. And I am okay. For sure going to bake the ends of these things for myself right now. Or not right now, but sometime this evening. Once they prove. Okay, home stretch. So we'll make our cream cheese frosting. Frosting. Yep. So we got to get our mixer. Where did I put my mixer? <laughs> Where are you, mixer? Do you want to make some cream cheese frosting? So we are going to put these cinnamon rolls in the refrigerator to rest overnight and then bake them tomorrow. But we're going to make our frosting for that right now so that we have everything, all the components ready for when we're done with our cinnamon rolls. And then they will truly be a breakfast roll. Yes. And so we need for the frosting, four ounces cream cheese softened, three tablespoons of butter softened, three quarters of a cup of powdered sugar, and a half a teaspoon of vanilla extract. Okay. And goes my cream cheese. What do we cover the rolls with in the refrigerator? Plastic. Plastic wrap. Okay. Yeah. Now I just have to measure out my powdered sugar. One time you can't really substitute a granulated caramel. Not so much. And the vanilla extract. Half a teaspoon. Should just be uh, beaten till fluffy. Okay. So. Another fluffy. Let's do it. Let's do the fluffy. What speed? Four, five, I would think would be a good one. Good speed. All right. Let's do this. Okay. Going. Oof. Whoa. Ah. So we're going to store this in the fridge overnight. And when we get our cinnamon rolls out in the morning, we'll also get our frosting out and let it come to room temperature. So it'll be all ready for when our cinnamon rolls are fully baked. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yum, these are yum, good. Yum. Oh, I really like the cream cheese frosting. Mm-hmm. That's going to be delicious. We've done cinnamon. We've mostly done cinnamon rolls. We will <laughs> time travel again and collect our final thoughts on these guys. But so far, I'm very encouraged. I doesn't do anything to tell me that my theory about the fact that there was so many fucking so much fat in those rolls that's what really messed us up. It really makes me think that mm-hmm. this has a lot of butter in every piece of it too. Mm, but not as much not because as you much. like because you also had the pistachio paste and the pistachio oil. That's right, the pistachio oil. So it was oil. like super yeah. duper heavy. I think. Yeah. I feel like we've already redeemed ourselves. This process has been much smoother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking precious pistachios. Ugh. We'll see Till you in the, the future. future. Yeah. <laughs> it's digestive time for breakfast. <laughs> I digest you if you started dinner at 2 a.m. <laughs> so we're in the future. We're in the and future. We baked our cinnamon rolls and enjoyed our cinnamon rolls and been extremely pleased with our redemption cinnamon rolls (laughs) we also let so we let them rise overnight which was beautiful in the morning to wake up to just beautiful little puffy little rolls and then Gretchen and I were both saying they were exactly what we wanted them to be they were perfectly soft and perfectly tall and fluffy and then gooey on the top and in the middle and I loved it I loved it Mm. so much I loved it I loved it well I'm glad you loved it loved it loved it loved it (laughs) (laughs) I was 
really excited when I tasted mine a couple of days later. So they, la- they lasted a couple of days for me. I did take them into work for my coworkers to enjoy as well, but they lasted a few days. And the ones I ate two days after baking, I could really taste the cardamom. I couldn't taste the cardamom as much the day of. And so that's got me thinking, how can I maybe get that cardamom flavor like to start earlier so that the flavor can be more infused? And here's what I'm thinking. If you gently warmed it in the milk, like a day or two before you make it, I'm wondering if that would work. I don't know if like the cardamom would mess with any sort of yeast processes, Mm -hmm. but this is what I'm thinking because I was like, I love that, like the more pungent flavor that I got after it had been in there for a couple of days. What if you put it in the melted butter? Oh, good idea. That goes right before. Yeah. I want more flavor. So I didn't put any cardamom in the way you did. I kind of wish I had. I also love that flavor. But then it was just perfect. Like yeah. it was so perfect. It was so ooey gooey, just mm, delicious. I loved the frosting. Oh, the frosting was amazing. I've always made just powdered sugar and milk drizzle or butter and powdered sugar. Cause there wasn't very much butter in this one. I almost want to do a half and half version of like half butter, half cream cheese. Ooh. Just to see what that would be like. That could be fun. I was worried. I think we both were worried there wouldn't be enough of the icing and it ended up being. I could have used a little more. (laughs) A little more. Okay. Okay. I would have liked a little bit more. It was, it was okay, but I love icing. So I could have handled probably twice as much ice. Okay. (laughs) So note to, note to the icing lovers, double your recipe. Double it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, any other final thoughts on cinnamon? The I don't remember the exact name. Oh, well, they were the most amazing cinnamon rolls ever, I believe was the official, what they called them, which I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm struggling to remember, but there used to be this bakery that I lived near. And I, this might've even been back at culinary school where they made this fucking, fucking giant cinnamon rolls. They're like at least three inches high and the icing was amazing and they had like beautiful thin layers. So they were like super swirly. Ah, so good. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. please. So those are the best cinnamon rolls ever, but these were really excellent. Near to perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Near to perfect. How do you eat your cinnamon rolls? With my hands? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, <sure. laughs> I eat from the outside in, in. Yeah. Depends. It depends. Sometimes I cut them to like pieces mm-hmm. and then I'll eat them like as like a, like a quarter of the mm-hmm. cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like I also, yeah, like a wedge, like I'm cutting a cake, <laughs> but also I've done the eat it from the outside into the center thing that I think that's one of the, the main purposes of a cinnamon bun, isn't it? Like that you can basically unravel it and just eat it's it. so interactive. Yeah. Strip of bread with cinnamon and sugar <laughs> and butter on it. Yes, please. Yeah. And it just gets softer and gooier as you go towards the middle. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> so come find us on Instagram and Facebook where we post stuff on occasion and we'll put some stuff up on the website at some point. And, you know, let's be realistic. We will do better when we can quit our full-time jobs to do this full-time. But for right now, this is what you get. (laughs) 
<laughs> life has been a fucking roller coaster for the past couple months for our both of us. So we are yeah. hopefully getting back into it a little bit here, but uh, we'll, we'll try and do better for you people. We'll try. <laughs> you get the podcast. That's the, the most important part. <laughs> the part of with us talking to you and you listening. That's... <laughs> what we're here for that's what we're here for thank you for joining (laughs) us off we go off we go yay i gotta keep clapping just keep clapping